the Gulf Coast. Welcome to the greatest spectacle scene around the world. What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster B here live from the MMB Radio Studios for the MMB Radio Podcast where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all. And we are on the fast path to WrestleMania. WrestleMania week, the biggest week on the wrestling calendar where we talk about all kinds of great stuff that's going on in Tampa. It is the Super Bowl of pro wrestling. And one of the next guests that I have calling into the show is a woman that you may have seen her wrestle all over the world, like literally all over the world. You've seen her in promotions like Stardom, Ring of Honor. She's the current Monster Factory Pro Wrestling Women's Champion. I want to welcome her in to the phone lines right now, Gabby Ortiz. Gabby, welcome to MMB Radio. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing awesome. I'm I'm so uh, giddy and excited to have you on the podcast because you're someone that I have been wanting to have on my show for quite a while, mostly because you are a product of my area, Philadelphia. So it's Hell really yes. it's really cool to have a local talent on the podcast. But I I got to start off with asking, how did you get into being a pro wrestler? Um, well, like most of us, I've been a fan for my whole life. It was something that was always on TV when I was growing up. Uh, it was mostly, you know, you'll hear this from a lot of girls wrestlers that their dads and their brothers got them into it. Um, like my brother, all his hamsters were named after wrestlers. So we had like <laughs> Alita hamster, we had a, a Trish hamster and a um, Sean Michaels hamster <laughs> and um, my dad had a big Stone Cold Steve Austin cut out in his office that was always there so our family was just super into it like and I found out um, like I listened to my dad telling stories about my grandmother always going to shows here in Philly and um, the she was a, a really good cook and she had like a restaurant like a little restaurant out of her out of her house and the wrestlers like Bruno and they would come over to her place and her and her husband would make some food and stuff. So wrestling is just kind of a part of my family, but I'm the first one to actually do it. So now when you told your family, like, Hey, I want to be a wrestler. Like, was this something that they just kind of just, you know, laughed at or balked at, or were they like, hell yeah, let's do this. Well, none of them were particularly shocked because I was always the kind of person to just really get into something. And when I would really get into something, I would always just do it no matter what, like it's, um, but then for, for the most part, I would drop things. I have like pretty severe ADHD. So, um, <laughs> I get super obsessed with something and then I would drop it and then I would get super obsessed with something else and then I would drop it. Um, so when they heard that, they were like, okay, we know she's going to do it, but for how long? And, um, we're looking at going on six years coming up. So, <laughs> um, this isn't something that I dropped. So it was cool to actually find the thing that like, that was my calling that actually like kept me and kept my, kept my interest longer than let's say like I had a band for a couple years. I was really into musical theater for a long time. Um, I played softball. I was really into softball. I wanted to be a skateboarder. You know what I mean? Like I was always like <laughs> that kind of person. Um, so none of those things panned out, but wrestling. <laughs> so that became my calling. So then you went to go training at the world famous monster factory. And how did you find out about the monster factory? Like take us through the journey of like, Sure. When you're going to go like become a wrestler, because it's not, I mean, a lot of people out there, young people might be listening and it's so much easier now to, to you know, find wrestling schools. You just do an internet search or Google search on it. But what, uh, what made you determined to find, uh, the right school? Uh, so I, I did a ton of research. Um, 
I, I research everything before I, I purchase anything or make any sort of commitment to it. I make sure that like, I know it as much as I can, like even like a box of tea, like I'll read 20 million reviews before I like purchase it. Like that's how, that's how I am about things. So um, I just did a ton of research on one, how to become a professional wrestler, because that's not like, it's not a skill where it's like you go to a trade school or you go to university uh, to figure out how to become an accountant or something like you kind of know how to do those things just off the bat, but uh, professional wrestling still has a little bit of secrecy um, attached to it. So just some research. Um, the two schools that I decided on were the Monster Factory and Chikara or the Wrestle Factory. Something about the Monster Factory just spoke to me. Um, I like the way that Danny Cage had his whole site listed. He had a whole YouTube full of what the tryout would look like and um it's further than Chikara from my house. Chikara is about 10 minutes away from my house. The Monster Factory is like half an hour over the bridge. Um, but something about the Monster Factory just kind of stuck out to me. So I chose it and, and I went back. I still train there every couple, every couple of weeks. And the great thing about the Monster Factory is there's so many talents that have come out of the Monster Factory. So mm-hmm. you, you knew when you signed up for it that you knew it was a legit organization a legit school you know that they were going to make sure that they had all of your best interest in mind but let me ask you what did you think when you were going to sign up did you have any kind of like uh ideas of what it would be like and was there anything that when you got there you're like oh wow like this is not what i expected uh i mean i of course you like going with preconceived notions for anything um uh so I had my ideas of what it would be like, and I basically thought I'd be learning how to like, do suplexes and DDTs and Death Valley drivers my first couple of days there. Not That is not what that's like at all. <laughs> it's a lot of um, repetitive cardio and um, a lot of, like, listening to um, lectures and seminars before you even think about having a match. So uh, when I saw actually how difficult putting a match together was, um, I was shocked because I don't know why I thought it would be easier than it was. <laughs> I guess, like, you know, just based off of watching it for so long, you think you know everything, but you really don't. Um, so it took it took a lot of time before I had a match, and I thought it wouldn't take as long as it did. So and that was that was a little unexpected for me. And that's a kudos to a lot of the people that you see day in and day out on television that are doing matches. They make it look so easy, but you realize mm-hmm. when you actually have to do it yourself – how hard it is to, you know, to, to do some of these tests. And I always hear stories from people is that they try to mentally break you down in, you know, your first couple of days to kind of really test you if this is what yeah. you want to do. So was there mm-hmm. ever a time, like in the first couple of days, where, you know, that ADHD kicked in and you said, I don't know if I can do this? Weirdly enough, no. I think, um, like I said, I have a theater background. And when you think theater, you think, like, prissy like you know whatever it's a theater is tough man it's like i had one of the most i went to high school for it like that's what i was gonna go to college for like that's um that was my that was my dream um so i had a theater teacher who played those mind games all four years of high school with us so when danny would like you know talk about certain things about you know he would talk about your body. I mean, like, that's your body's kind of your, you know, it's what people will see. So he would say things about your body. And, like, 
he would say things about your stamina or, you know, just basically shit on you, which is mm-hmm. like, you got to eat shit to like, to get through this business. If you want to make it through, I was used to all that stuff. I had had way worse things said about me to, from teachers. <laughs> so, um, that didn't break me down because I was used to it. I knew it was coming from a place of like, I want you to be better. Um, and also in my theater class, uh, we had a class called movement, which was, um, instructed by, uh, people like the class is older than you. So like seniors would teach the freshmen and juniors would teach the sophomores, you know? Um, and our class was run by a kid who was like, who went to, what is what, ROC? Is that what it is? Like the junior mm-hmm. army stuff. Yep. Yeah. So he ran those classes for us and it was no joke. Like we, we were training, like we were athletes, um, and I mean, like doing straight boot camp stuff, doing wall sits for two minutes at a time, three minutes at a time. So, um, I kind of had that mental stamina for professional wrestling when I got into it. And I also had like the physical stamina because of my theater background, which people, when I tell them that, they're like, well, you really? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's, you got to have stamina to be on stage for hours at a time. I mean, it's not easy. So it's definitely a tough love type of thing, you know, going through. Yeah. Um, a wrestling school, you mentioned the words, you know, boot camp. It's like boot camp. It really is because, you know, they want to make sure that you're mentally tough and strong to do something like this because even though it's 2021 and, you know, times have changed and things have gotten easier with technology and access to things, you know, it's still a business that is very, uh, at times can be very, very difficult and tough and can be cutthroat. You know, everybody's fighting for a position on a card or a payday. Um, when all of you, you started doing all this training and everything, how did your friends react to this? Were they always like, knew you would do something crazy like this or <laughs> were they kind of shocked? Uh, truthfully, at the time I started wrestling, I, my friends list was small. <laughs> um, I had just, uh, I had just gone through some pretty rough times. I lost my mom. And when you, when something like that happens to you, You'll see people like are all, I'm sure you understand, I'm sure you've lost someone close to you before, we all have, where everybody's all on top of you and they're your best friend and they're this and that and then a couple months go by and you don't hear from them anymore. Um, so that's kind of where I was at the time. Uh, I had one, my one best friend who stuck by me who is, who is a musician. She actually wrote my entrance music for me. Um, and she was like, yeah, that's definitely something you would do, Gab. <laughs> She's not shocked about it at all. She's super supportive. Um, and then people who just kind of knew me from my past, they've been super supportive. So, um, I mean, I, like I said, I was always the kind of person to kind of venture and do crazy things like that. So nobody was shocked. Now take me through the journey of coming up with a character or, or, you know, a gimmick. A lot of people say the best gimmicks are the ones that are loosely related to themselves. It's just amped up, you know, to a, a higher level. Um, did you have an idea of who you wanted to be, what you wanted to you know, come out to music wise, design wise? How did you come up with all those ideas? So I really wanted to be like an AJ Lee type, um, kind of like a punk sort of emo MySpace kind of kid. <laughs> um, that's what I, that's who I was, um, outside of like being a theater nerd and stuff. I was super into like emo music and alternative music. So I thought I was going to come out in, like, fishnet, like, black fishnets and, like, ripped up jeans or, like, ripped up tights and, um, like, studs and all that stuff and, like, crazy hair and, um, 
raccoon eyes, like all those different things. And um, that's not what happened <laughs> because that's because I got older. So that wasn't me anymore yeah. when, when I actually, you know, started training and stuff. I, I, I still, I mean, my default boy is still my favorite band and that's the artist I wanted to come out to. Um, so, uh, like, that's who I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to be, like, a cool punk kid. But, <laughs> um, I, you know, as I got older, I realized, like, I'm super into glamour and I'm super into the color pink. And I like having long, you know, black hair with blonde in it. Like, a lot of different things changed about me. So, um, I implemented that into my into my character, um, who is Gabby Ortiz, is the gift of Gab. Um, just basically... Every like 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 you said, it's just me turned up to eleven. Um, it's a more confident me. It's the me and that I made up in my head. I'm able to be that <laughs> like in front of people, which is pretty cool. Now you mentioned AJ Lee, and you said your brothers had mm-hmm. hamsters. Uh, you know, Lita and Trish. Who were some of the wrestlers that influenced you the most to want to be in the wrestling business? Yeah, so um, AJ Lee obviously was um, my favorite girl. She was the first. Uh, women directly that I saw that like looked like me. Um, she was small and like 110 pounds soaking wet. And that's how, that's about as much as I weighed when I first started, not so much anymore. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it's like her was, was a really, really big one. Lita was another one, but she was still like an Amazonian woman. So I, I related to her just aesthetically, but not physically like I did with AJ Lee. Page, obviously, Page is amazing. Um, let's see. Oh, let's see any of the men I really like. I always liked the Undertaker. Well, that was my mom's favorite was the Undertaker. So mm-hmm. um, I just obviously like, like I said, I was super into alternative and rock music. So a darker character like that is always something that um, stood out to me. And it's cool that you had that family support that actually watched wrestling. My mom was a huge John Cena fan. And every time John Cena would come on the screen, she'd just like get all giddy. She's like, "Ooh, those muscles! I just want to touch those muscles." I'm like, "Mom, like breathe, like simmer down, you know." So, and uh, I was so happy that she got to meet him on a couple different occasions. And the last, a quick story: the last time she actually got to meet him, she met him, and she had been gone through. She had like quadruple bypass surgery. Like she had so much. So much surgeries and complications going on, and um, she was wheelchair-bound for a while there. And uh, John Cena was, like, such a complete gentleman, and he was, like, she was trying so hard to get up out of the wheelchair because she was embarrassed for him to see her and like that. And he was just like, no, 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 like, it's all great, it's, you know, it's all good. And I told him, I was like, you know, all the stuff that she went through, you know, quadruple bypass, she had some amputations, and uh, she's just lived by his motto of never give up. And he just was like, I can't believe that, you know, such an inspiration for her. And uh, sadly, you know, two days after that, she passed away. So it's it's really cool to see that you had that family support. Um, but did you have anybody that tried to maybe sway you or talk you out of doing it? Well, because when I got into it... Um my mom just, I got into it right after my mom passed, so I, I 100% understand what you've been through. Um, I, uh, my aunt Stacy, her sister, her, her closest sister, um, she was not super into the idea because she was like very protective of me because she didn't want anything to happen to me, very, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And even to this day, I mean, she's been to my shows. Like, she, she's still like, you sure you want to do this? So I'm like, I think I'm kind of like in it now. Like, I think it's a little too late. Um, so she's, and I wouldn't say it came from a place of not believing in me. It definitely came from a place of like fear and yeah. worry. So, um, but now she's like, when am I going to meet The Rock? And I'm like, I don't think half his family has ever even met him. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't quite so, work that way, but yeah. Don't that. <laughs> so take us so, through your you know. your first ever match, the emotions you're oh. feeling, the build up to it. I mean, you had to have some kind of nervous jitters going into this. Of course, I still do. Oh my god, I still do to this day. Even in a training match, I still have nervous jitters. Um, which is like the one time I wasn't nervous, I was like in a super bad mood and like. I wasn't feeling anything. I was just pissed off, and I walked out, and I had a match. And it's the only match I got hurt in was the one where I wasn't nervous about it. So I think nerves are there for a reason. But anyway, um, so it was a match on a show called Factory Friday, um, which is which at the time was our 18 and older show. Um, so anything went. It was pretty nuts because our Saturday shows were for kids and for, like, all ages. So. Um, Factory Fridays were where we kind of got to let loose, and it was, um, it's some sort of like a lumberjack style, so all the wrestlers are out. They're out in the crowd, um, and so that was a little bit of, that was kind of helpful for me, because as I was going through the match, like, my boyfriend was on the side, and he was like, he kind of was almost like coaching me through it, like, you know, telling me pick things up, pick the pace up, so I had a pretty unique experience with my first match, and it was the girl I wrestled, it was her first match. So that doesn't really happen too often. Normally you wrestle someone who's been doing it a little bit longer than you, but we got put out there because we were the only two girls. So we got put out there for our first match together. I was heel, she was baby face. So um, I was put in a pretty unique position for my first match, um, which was honestly great. I mean, I got thrown into the fire and, um, you know, you always remember your first time and I definitely do because it was, a super cool experience to have all the guys out there watching for one and it being my opponent's first match too. So we share that together. And you mentioned about the nerve factor and everybody says this to any, any aspect of doing anything. If you don't feel the nerves or you don't feel some kind of butterflies or some kind of emotions going into doing anything, whether it be wrestling, doing podcasting, you know, playing a sport, singing, if you don't feel some kind of nervousness, then that, pretty much tells you like you don't need to be doing it anymore so yeah uh, and then the cool thing is like you said you got thrown right into the fire and that's probably was a benefit to you because some people could go in there with a veteran and a veteran kind of carries them along the match so this way you're you're learning on the fly yeah now yeah i mean um i rewatched it not too long ago and i was uh-huh. like pleasantly surprised I was like, this isn't as bad as I remember it being. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty impressed with little Gabby. She knew, she kind of knew what she was doing a little bit in there. <laughs> yeah, and it and it's and it opened up other doors for you. And as I mentioned, you've wrestled all over the world, like as far as way as Japan. How did those opportunities come about? And I mean, was this your first time ever traveling abroad? Uh for wrestling, yes, it was the first time I traveled abroad, and it was the longest I've ever been away from home. Uh, two months. Uh, it started with uh, Ring of Honor and Stardom and New Japan. It, and Stardom is kind of known as New Japan's sister promotion. Um, they started a partnership and they wanted to bring Japanese girls over here and 
American girls over there, you know, trade off talent. And uh, I went to an audition, a tryout, and uh, the owner of Stardom was on FaceTime the whole the whole tryout, and he really liked me. And mind you, like I had just had my first match like a couple weeks prior. Um, let me think, maybe a couple months. Yeah. So my first match was in December of 2016 and the trial was March of 2017, about three months. And, um, I'd only had a handful more matches before that. So it was brand new. And, um, no one really liked me. And how do you say no to like an opportunity like that? Even though I 100% didn't feel ready and I wasn't ready, I couldn't say no. Um, so I went and it ended up being like the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Like, I don't think I would be as known or have given the opportunities I've been given without that first opportunity, without Ring of Honor and stardom um, kind of taking a risk on me. Cause it really was a risk. I was like, it was brand new. So like, I remember in the tryout, I had thrown a clothesline with my left arm. Like I really had no idea what I was doing. So like, <laughs> Um, and then the black Karen Q, she was the girl I was wrestling. She took it. She was like, she like made me look good. So, um, shout out to Karen Q for that. <laughs> and, and I mean, obviously going to Japan too, not knowing the language. I mean, did you know any Japanese or, you know, how did you, how did no. you maneuver or get your way around without <laughs> feeling like completely lost? Uh, I was luckily, um, with girls that had been there before. Uh, so, uh, Shanna and Rebel, who are both AW now, they were my roommates. So they took care of me, uh, as much as they could. And, um, when we went to our first, uh, training session, my first training session, um, they held my hand through it. They were like, this is what this means. This is what that means. This is how you get the training on the, um, you know, on their subway system. I don't think they call it that there. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm sure they got some name the for it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, a J train or something. No, it's, it's a train it. that goes, remember. it goes back and forth and takes me from A to B. That's all, all I, I would need I'll to know. Say, I'll <laughs> say this. It, it was always on time. And if, it, and if it wasn't on time, they would like make an apology on the loudspeaker. It'd be like, Hey, you know, it's saying in Japanese and then it'd be like, we're sorry. This train is running a minute and 30 seconds late. I'm like, I live in Philly. Yeah, that's like that's, early for us. Yeah, that's not <laughs> SEPTA. <laughs> I was like, how considerate. So, um, very different, very different world over there. Um, so I had people with me that like were looking out for me. So, and there was a gentleman there who is their English kind of ambassador. So he's a, a guy who's from Chicago. And he was in the army and then started a family in Japan. Uh, and he helped us out too, because he was fluent in Japanese and English. So now how long did you spend over there time wise? Two months. Two months. So in that two months, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you're used to the food here. Was there any like Americanized food over there? Like, did you have to get used to like a new cuisine every day over there? And no, you know, I, I like Japanese food as it was, so getting authentic Japanese food is really cool. But there's also, like, tons of McDonald's and stuff over there. Oh, so, okay. like, I was able to get chicken nuggets all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> as long as I got my nugs. So, yeah, straight up. Like, that was, <laughs> that was the goal. I mean, after every show, and when I was there, I had 10 shows. Me, Viper, Zaya Brookside, and Tony Storm. Like, what a 
what a Motley Crue girls. We would always go to McDonald's after our shows. And yeah. like they, because they're from Europe, they call it like Mackey's or something or Mackey's. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They call them Mackey's and I call them Mickey D's. So like, you know, we, we always get McDonald's after our shows. And, uh, but I really like the uh, restaurant called Pepper Lunch out there, which is like pepper steak and rice. And you would think it's like steak and rice, whatever. It was freaking so good. <laughs> I was there all the time. Um, and yeah, the gyoza, so the pork dumplings, and oh man, it was great. I was going to say, there's no Tony Luke's or Gino's or Pat's out that way. So, I mean, it's, I guess the, you know, hey, the, steak, the steak and rice, you know, might, might have been, you know, hit home for me. Um, you, <laughs> you mentioned people like Tony Storm, and you've worked with so many big talents tony storm you know scarlet and molina you've worked with so many talents who is someone that you were really excited to be able to work a match with uh that i've already worked or that i want to work in the future well well, well both who you've worked with currently both, and who okay. you want to work with so i wouldn't work again with molina i want to have another match with her 100 because she's super cool and super nice and we like get each other and I only got to work her once, and I would love, 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 love to do it again. Um, and I, you know, when Chris Statlander was on the Indies, I never, we never crossed paths in the ring. I mean, I see her all the time, but we never got a match together. So I would love to wrestle Chris Statlander, and she's back, so from injury, it'd yeah. be great to, you know, maybe go out the dark and get an opportunity like that. Now, I also want to know you did. Did you spend you spent some time in, in the PC, right? Yes. Now, take us through that experience because doing indies and doing other promotions and WWE can be totally different. And a lot of people say, you know, it's really not that different. So, what was uh, that emotional feeling like going through that? Uh, it was super nerve wracking. I mean, because it's the WWE. Uh, I think if I were to do it again, I'd be nervous, but a little less nervous because I would kind of like get what was get what was expected of me uh i definitely tried to like professionalize myself a little too much like i tried to be too like straight laced and like you know like um, i don't know just something i wasn't and i think that was like trans that was blatant to them because obviously like i didn't find or anything and it was blatant to me too because i felt like not comfortable in my skin when i was there the entire time because i was trying to be something i wasn't which is this like straight like professional kind of girl instead of like the hood rat that I am. <laughs> so I think if I had like, if I had just like shed all the nerves and like just been daddy, it might've, I might've had a different outcome, but there's always, you know, another chance to go back. I mean, like I, Ember Moon, someone there told me this. So I think it was, um, was it Sarah Del Rey? I think it was. She told me Ember Moon had eight trials before she got signed. Mm-hmm. Like, She's like one of the best out there. <laughs> She's amazing. And I'm like, okay, it made me feel a little bit better when I got that email. Like, we don't want you. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll try again. Now, do you have? But any... yeah, you were like. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, I was gonna say, do you have any goals? Like, is like where you want to be? Because back in the day when anybody was wrestling before, you know, Ring of Honor, before New Japan, before AEW, before all these other promotions became, you know, uh, forefront. The main end goal was, you know, I want to be on the biggest stage. I want to be in WWE. I want to be on WrestleMania. Is that still something that people and yourself actually strive for? Or are you just kind of content with, you know, saying, hey, if, you know, 
I go back to Ring of Honor, if I go do AEW, or, you know, where where does Gabby want to go? Uh, that's a great question. At the moment, I don't know. <laughs> I love all those promotions. I have, I feel like I would be an asset to every single one of them to impact NWA, AEW, um, WWE, NXT, uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, I would be an asset. So, I want to sign a paper, dude. I just want to, like, put my name somewhere, and I want my career to be validated in that way. And if it's with WWE, then fantastic. If it's with another company, awesome. I'll make the best out of anything. So, but, yeah, I definitely want to have my name on a contract. And we've asked uh, fans to send us in some questions, and we got a lot of great questions from people, and uh, a lot of them (laughs) wanted to know, what do you like to do besides wrestling? I mean, you, you... you're clearly saying, you know, you like wrestling and you have that ADHD thing going on, but we're getting that corrected. <laughs> um, is there any other hobbies that you have and things that you like to do that, you know, don't include wrestling? Uh, I love doing hair uh, and I'm really good at it. So mm-hmm. if you ever see like um, my hair done, like a different color or something, I did it. <laughs> so I did it on myself. I do my boyfriend's hair all the time. Uh, I love makeup. Uh, I do really cool makeups all the time, um, just beauty and skincare and things like that. Like if I didn't go on this path, I probably would have ended up at beauty school. Very awesome. Very awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Any kind of, I mean, I guess this goes hand in hand with the, the doing the hair stuff. So I want to know, do you have any hidden talents? What, what, what's something that Gabby can do that people would be really shocked and surprised by? Uh, <laughs> I guess, like, I could hold a tune. <laughs> like, I could sing a little bit. <laughs> okay. Now, you mentioned you were in a band yeah. for a while. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of band was it? And what, what made you want to stop? It was a rock band. Um, I was basically, like, I was the rhythm guitarist and the lead singer. So, I like to say I was the Dave Grohl of our band. Um, <laughs> so, which was super cool. Uh, we were all, like around 17, 18 years old. I think the, our oldest member was 20. And we all went to either college or did or became a professional wrestler. So um, we all kind of just went our separate ways. And I never met other people that I'd want to play music with. They were like my best friends. So, um, yeah, I just it's just something that kind of – and I did, which is totally cool. They're all doing great. <laughs> I still keep in touch with my old band members. Now, one of the cool things is you being from Philadelphia, and I, I'm guessing you're probably a little too young to remember the ECW days, but what's uh, what's one of your biggest memories of pro wrestling in the Philadelphia area, whether it's been going to a pro wrestling show or wrestling in Philadelphia? What's something that people that are outside of Philadelphia would be love to know about Philadelphia wrestling scene? Um, this, is a, this is a personal story, but... Uh... I debuted with Swing of Honor on Mother's Day at the ECW Arena. Well, known as it's known as the Twenty Three Hundred Arena now, but mm-hmm. you know what it is. The yeah. ECW Arena. <laughs> I spent a lot of days there. I've seen <laughs> I've seen a lot of things go down at the Twenty Three Hundred <laughs> Arena that probably are are not worth repeating those stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I debuted on Mother's Day with Swing of Honor. Uh, and that's the day I debuted as Gabby Ortiz, and Ortiz is my mother's maiden name. So it was a really special moment for me um, to debut in my hometown on Mother's Day with my mom's name, like kind of like an homage to her. 
yeah, that was that's my favorite Philly wrestling moment for me personally. So. <laughs> And what do you love about being from Philadelphia? Because I I tell people all the time, I'm like, people just don't, like, you don't get it unless you're here. You know, being from Philly, I think, is is just such a cool thing when it comes to, you know, pro wrestling. But what's it mean to be a pro wrestler from Philadelphia? It's, like, the coolest thing ever because I'm actually from Philadelphia. Like, a lot of people, they're different, like, Delco or somewhere else. You're not from Parts Unknown? No, dude, I'm from I'm from the Badlands. I'm li- I was literally born in Kensington, which is like it. it's just like it's. I wear like a badge of honor because like I know the city like the back of my hand. I really do. I, I can't get more Philly than me, right? Like I was born in Episcopal Hospital. I work for Jim Kenny. He's literally the mayor. Um, I I went to the, the premier art school here when I was in high school. Uh, it's just. This is who I am. Um, I don't have the accent too much. Really, maybe a little bit, but um, it's there's nobody like Philadelphians. There really isn't. Like mm-hmm. we have a special type of humanity because we're not nice. We're not a nice people, but we're kind. So <laughs> bad things happen in Philly. <laughs> so like, say someone bumps into me, I'll like screw you, asshole. What do you think? It's like you know what I mean, or. Or, like, if, you know, you're in traffic or someone cuts you off, it's, like, you know, you, you curse them out or something. But if there's, like, a lady who needs help picking her stroller up and taking it up the stairs, like, people will help her and then go on their merry way. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so there's – we're not nice, but we're kind. Yeah. We're very kind people here in Philly. So we, we got so a little asking. rough edges, you know. We're, we're, we, you know hey. we are who we are, you know. As far as the accent yeah, thing, exactly. people tell me all the time. They're like, I can still hear your accent. I'm like, I try not to, you know, put hey, you much. Man, they... It's tough. <laughs> you have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deny it. I can't deny it. I have the accent, you know. All the public speaking classes and, you know, and then, you know, having that, that South Jersey flat vowel sound, you know. It's like, it's phone. No, oh, like, yeah. Phone. I'm like, no, it's phone. Um, you know, but, um. So it is what it is, but it's like I said, for me as a fan, it's cool to see somebody from Philadelphia because there's not a whole lot of wrestlers that are billed from Philadelphia that are actually really from Philadelphia. Like you said, you got people that are exactly. like from Delco or, you know, somewhere further out in the suburbs and you're like, that's not Philly, you know? So no. um, it's cool to see somebody from Philly who is, you know, doing their thing in wrestling. But I also want to ask, what does it mean to be a, a female pro wrestler? Because the female wrestling revolution has has just grown year after year after year, and it's just becoming its own thing. Do you feel like some sense of uh, you know pride or honor or responsibility? Like, how, take us through that. Yeah, I mean, um, it kind of started blowing up like the women's wrestling scene, just in general. Um, you know, mainstream as well as on the indies. When I started, like, it started really becoming a thing because especially on the indies, you had girls like Diana, you know, coming up. And um, then obviously there there was, you know, Give You a Chance movement um, when I started training. Uh, I think it's hard for me to say um, how cool it is to see because I've always seen women wrestling as something really important and, and huge because I am a woman. So it's always been something important to me and something that I've always had my eyes on. Uh, but I'm sure to people like like guys, for example, that maybe didn't really pay attention to women's wrestling and they started to because of, 
you know, the women's revolution. It might be something cool for them, but like, I almost feel like I don't, <laughs> I don't get to be as excited about it because it's always been important to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just always been something that I've had a magnifying glass on. And now that everybody does, that's really cool because there's more opportunities for us. But when I started, I knew I was going to find my place. So, um, and I knew every girl I had come across would find their place and they have. So. Yeah. Now, how much of the wrestling do you get to watch? Because a lot of people, I mean, I try to keep up with all the wrestling, and it's just like, it's crazy. And now with, you know, different shows moving to different days, like there's literally a wrestling program on every day of the week. Every how day much, of the week. Yeah, like how much product and do you get to watch? Not a lot of it, to be honest with you. Like I, um, I work, so I have a, a regular job and I train uh, on days that, Obviously, there's wrestling on every week, but, like, you know, I train on days that big wrestling's on. So, um, I have DVR, so I watch highlights and I watch matches that I'm interested in watching. But for the most part, I watch a lot of, like, old school stuff, which totally sucks that, like, the network is, like, gone uh, because I use the network all the time to watch old stuff. And mm-hmm. now this whole Peacock thing is kind of like, eh. I mean... If anybody's WWE's listening, it's great. Go Peacock. But, like, for real, like, the network is awesome. So, um, it's a little disappointing. But, uh, yeah, it's just hard to keep up with. It really is. And I have so many friends on TV now. I mean, like, you know, Damien Priest is literally my trainer. Um, Matt Riddle is the first person I ever suplexed. And they're on TV now all the time. So, I love to keep up with what they're doing. And... Um, QT Marshall, another one of my trainers. He told me how to lock up and do a wrist lock. So I want to like make sure that I know what they're up to because I'm super proud of them. Yeah. But like I said, with everything, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I say it's it's great that we have DVR because I have like I literally this is this is kind of embarrassing. I actually had to pay like an extra <laughs> ten bucks a month to have more DV, DVR space because I have so <laughs> much stuff that I have not gotten to watch like i got like yeah like, weeks and weeks and weeks and months of stuff that i'm like all right i really need to sit down and just kind of watch this stuff <laughs> but it's just hard to yeah i mean it, it's like a gift and a curse that there's so much content out there mm-hmm. and then at the same time it can be kind of overwhelming and just to kind of sure. just to kind of comment and piggyback off the, the whole peacock thing we've had other guests on and they've all kind of said the same thing about the peacock and the last guest that i had on i mentioned that i hopefully by the summertime when they get the full catalog up on Peacock, it'll be a lot easier to kind of like maneuver and watch things. Um, but it's, it's again, I agree. Like it was cool to be able to just hit that WWE Network app and just watch like old stuff. And I didn't even care if it was like old cheesy stuff because it was stuff that was like from my childhood. That I'm like, yeah, it was like back in the day. I probably marked out for this stuff, and now I watch it back, and I'm like, really? Like I was really hyped for this. Like, but so corny. Yeah, I was like, this is so like, I mean, just some of the, the goofy cartoon characters back in the day that you're like, yo, that was my shit back in the day. Yeah. And now I'm probably like not telling a lot of people that, although I just told a lot of people that. Um. <laughs> you know, and for me, WWE Network wasn't a block on my work firewall, so I could watch it at work. Oh, <laughs> sweet. TikTok is blocked. So I can't watch. How can you not? How can you be in Philadelphia and not have access to Peacock? I I know. Xfinity's like Philly. Like how how are we not getting Peacock around here? Work productivity, I guess. 
crap because like I get more work done when like I have people beating the hell out of each other on in the background. So you know, <laughs> jokes on them. <laughs> yeah, that's how I get. That's how I get all my frustrations out. You know, I used to tell people all yeah. the time that like I would watch stuff like Jerry Springer and like Maury and say, you know what, my life's not so bad. You know, I could yeah, be working on. That, right? Yeah, I could be working on Baby Mama <laughs> number seven. You know, and you are not the father. And then you go run stage left. You know, so <laughs> so it's, hey, it's those cameramen are athletes. Yeah, they are. You know, I always love though, and not to get off wrestling topic, but I loved when like they would always like try to question the guy that does the the the, the lie detector tests. And he, he always he would always get kind of ballsy, and he'd be like, "So you're trying to say that I don't know what I'm doing?" And I'm like, "Yes, like full fledged, like yes. hardcore match, like 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 let's do this, you know." Like then my wrestling side <laughs> comes out, you know, and I want to have a false count anywhere match on a Mori stage. Um, you know, not like to to bring it back to wrestling. When I had a seminar with Kevin Kelly, um, was it Kevin Kelly or was it Bully Ray? Those are two very different people. But yeah, those, those are two ends of the spectrum. <laughs> what it was but they basically told us that like before indie wrestlers had a following like that or like people like knew who they were just when just by straight up looking at them um they would be cast for like jerry springer and maury because they knew how to fight without hurting each other so um there would always be like really under like super not known indie wrestlers like in the 90s and the early 2000s that would like do jerry springer and maury and I think, like for like the stupid like tra- like transgender like really awful kind of like storylines, not like the paternity ones, but like my boyfriend cheated on me with my step cousin, like yeah. <laughs> like those kind of things. Or the tra- like you said, the transgender ones, and they're like the guy's like shocked. He's like, "Wait, you're a dude?" And I'm like, "Come yeah. on, dude! You just oh, said yeah. you had like relations with this person <laughs> like twenty times. Like, come on, <laughs> you had to make a wrong oh. turn somewhere and found out you were in the wrong aisle." <laughs> But it's funny you saying about the indie wrestlers because I believe I believe it was Justin Roberts. I think he was on an episode of more or uh, Jerry Springer once. I think he was on there once. Uh, so that might be something that people might want to Google to kind of confirm there. But I think he was on there once doing some uh, some acting on so there. Funny. So yeah, but I think I think anybody. Hey, I would- I would do it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a great payday. You <laughs> know what funny. I mean? I can. I remember Straight in college, like- you know, co- like. People like when I was working at a college radio station were like just calling the number and we're like, I got a story to tell. They're like, Okay, let's hear it. I'm like, we're just pitching like it's like it's like pitching your story ideas to you know in wrestling, you know? I'm pitching my story yeah. idea to Jerry Springer, you know, to see uh if they're they like my gimmick. Um so do you have any plans to watch WrestleMania this weekend? I mean, I know you're kind of like, you know, having uh an entanglement with uh Peacock, but um like <laughs> Are you planning on watching? I'm boycotting. No, I'm not boycotting. <laughs> that, that seems so, to be the popular thing to do nowadays, you know, <laughs> with cancel culture. Yeah, I no, I um, I actually won't be, I'm kind of like not doing any sort of WrestleMania stuff this, this year, which is strange, because like normally that's like a thing, like I'll go to my boyfriend's house and like him and his brother and his brother's girlfriend will all get together, get pizza and watch WrestleMania, but my boyfriend's in Alaska, so um. And I'm going to Los Angeles, so I'm not even going to be, like, in Tampa. I'm not going to be around any of that stuff. I'm going to be in L.A. with my best friend. It's her birthday, so we're going to have some fun. We both got vaccinated, so we're like, let's see each other. Um, Congrats on I'll that. I'll watch it when I get 
Thank you. Um, I'll watch it when I get home. I'll know all the spoilers by then, but um, I'll watch it when I get home with my dad, and we'll just we'll hang out. Or I'll, like, you know, I'll probably, like, catch updates, like, on my phone. Um, it's weird. This year feels weird. And I, like, really did want to go to Tampa. All my friends are there. Um, but my best friend's been my best friend since I was, like, nine. And it's her birthday. And I was just really excited to go to Los Angeles. <laughs> so, like, I'll probably be a little bit busy, which sucks. Yeah, and it is, it sucks because I was saying uh, before that I've been to would have been ten WrestleManias last year, and you know being able to not go was something that was just you know it was disheartening because you want to go, you want to be yeah. part of that, you love being part of the atmosphere and just being part of the the whole product and everything, and you know kind of playing your role as the fan. And I yeah. really contemplated going this year, but I you know I I got fully vaccinated on Easter, and I said mm-hmm. you know that. You know, it's. I know they say it's like two to three weeks for it to fully kick into your system, and it just. Yeah. You know, I was just like, nah, it's just a little too close, you know, for comfort. And you know, I'm just. I'm gonna watch yeah, it from home, it. and you know, it's gonna be fun. But definitely, next year is on the map for me. You know, Texas, everything mm-hmm. is big in Texas, and I plan on doing it big in Texas. And if something comes up before then, you know, we'll, you know, we'll 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 think about it. But uh, you know. Hmm. Is there was there a match that you would be interested in seeing on the? I mean, you obviously, you know, you said about Damian Priest and you know Matt Riddle. And, I mean, I'm really excited about Bad Bunny with the Miz. <laughs> 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 That's ridiculous, but I'm excited about it because I'm Puerto Rican, so like seeing like a big Puerto Rican star uh-huh. that, um, which both Damian Priest is Puerto Rican too, so seeing. Um, a big star like that in the Caribbean kind of like come up in wrestling and really respect the business. He really, really respects what we do. Um, and I know a lot of people hate the whole like celebrity coming in and like, you know, taking a spot, but uh, Triple H had an interview about him the other day I was watching and he was like, the guy really loves what we do. He got a condo out here in Orlando. He's a millionaire. He doesn't have to do any of this. Yeah. He's super famous. Like, I mean, like, the best-selling artist, like, worldwide. He's, he doesn't have to do this. He just loves it, and I think that that is, like, super cool. I'm excited to see what he'll pull out. Damian Priest has been, like, walking him through stuff and, and, and helping him train. So I think I think he'll surprise us, like Snooki did, if you remember that. I actually did. <laughs> I remember I, that WrestleMania it's Access. Awesome. I bought her book just so I could get a photo with her. And, <laughs> I, I, so cool. and I never read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I just want the her, picture. No, I, her son might come to the Monster Factory Summer Camp this year. So we that, might that makes me feel old. That is, I know. <laughs> I, you're telling me, dude. Like, that's like a like a little bit of a secret, but whatever. I don't care. Um, she's interested in bringing her son to the Monster Factory for camp, which would be like really cool. That and like, cool. all of a sudden, I'm a camp counselor. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I said I, I forked out. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like twenty five dollars for the book autographed by her. But you got to take like a photo with her at Access that year, and I was just like, I wasn't like a big Jersey Shore fan, but I'm like, when's the opportunity? I'm gonna get a picture with Snooki. You know, I'm oh, like, yeah. So. I mean, like I would have to say. I mean, I love Jersey Shore, so I would have yeah. definitely jumped at that opportunity. And in terms of other matches, on a very serious note, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Very excited about that. Very, very excited. And it's and it and so. to go back to the bad bunny mention, 
a lot of people, and I've read the reports online again that he bought a condo, you know, out in Orlando, and he's been training at the performance center. And it's like a lot of people don't know this because for whatever reasons they don't read the dirt sheets or you know the rumors online or anything, you know. But you got to give the guy props because you said celebrities that come in. It could be kind of taken a different way. You know, some people see it as like, you know, why is this guy coming in and taking a spot from me? But it's cool when you have somebody who is a fan of the business, respects the business, and anybody that's willing to buy a house and move to Orlando and just train so that they could have maybe yeah. like a, a one-off match at WrestleMania, although I'm sure he's getting paid to do it, is pretty cool. Hey, I mean, I, like I said, he does not have to do this. For mm-hmm. money. He doesn't have to risk his life by jumping off the top rope for anything. Mm-hmm. The dude could, the dude doesn't have to work ever again in his life and he'll be okay. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, so seeing that and seeing that he's like actually really applying himself to, to learning is like very cool. And also, like I said, Bad Bunny, before he really blew up, especially in the mainstream, was like huge. With my, in my family, so mm-hmm. uh, it's really, really exciting to see, and it's even freaking cooler to see my trainer is like his guy. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's, it's awesome. And, I'm like and, a little bit of a fan girl. Like, I love it. <laughs> and it was cool to see. I see, you know, Bad Bunny cut a promo on Monday Night Raw, and I was mm-hmm. watching it. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm going, I'm just waiting for the moment where he's going to like slip up or do something wrong because you you expect it from a celebrity. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you expect them to, to say something wrong or forget a line or, you know, get lost off track. But, like, he actually delivered a pretty decent promo, you know, even though yeah. going, even going back and forth of English and Spanish, it was kind of like it was cool, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, I not to be the Debbie Downer, but I'm watching it go. I'm like, all right, he's going to screw this up at some point. Like, he's going to forget oh, what he's saying. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, Honestly, though, I'm, like, a glutton for that kind of stuff. I love seeing people, like, flub. I love it. <laughs> so, like, I, I like, watch that stuff, and then when they don't, it's like, ah, you know? <laughs> it's like a little bit of a sigh of relief, but it's also like, ah, oh, man, I wonder what could have happened. <laughs> exactly. Well, a lot of people have a big social media presence, so let everybody know where we can find you at online, because I know you got, like, the little... Yeah. The little link on your Instagram that kind of takes you to, you know, a merch page. It takes you to Facebook. It takes you to, you know, Instagram. Well, I forgot I did that. <laughs> it makes well, life easier. Good job, Gabby. <laughs> um, yeah, I am Gabby at G-A-B-B-I-T-Y on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find my Facebook page at Gabby Ortiz. I do not use it, but if you want all luck, you can. But Gabity, G-A-B-B-I-T-Y on Instagram and Twitter, that's where you will find me most active. And you can shoot me messages and we can be friends. And people can buy <laughs> merch from you? Like if people wanted to get like an autographed photo or something or yeah. know, shirts, they can do all that as well. All that stuff. Well, it's been really I run cool. everything, so you'll be talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I was already looking through all this stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, she's got so many links to different things. Like, I need to get, <laughs> I need to start linking my stuff better because, like, I feel like I'm all over the place, you know? And it's so hard to keep up with all these different socials. Like, I don't do Snapchat yeah. because somebody has my name on Snapchat, which I don't understand because uh. my, my stage name is trademarked. <laughs> I'm like, how can you have my, my name? Like, it's just so. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm like, it's probably better because, again, like, just trying to keep up with everything with Twitter and Instagram, and I don't do TikTok. Like, it's just it's just too much. Like, you could literally spend all day just updating socials, 
you know? And oh, that, absolutely. It's like, it's called social media, but like, are you actually being social with anybody? No, you're on a phone, <laughs> you know? It's kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> but, um, but it's been, it's been cool talking to you. Like I said, you're someone that I've yeah, always wanted to have on the podcast because, Again, just that the whole Philly aspect was just something that was really just intriguing to me. And I was, I was nervous. Like we go back to that nerves thing and I'm like, all right, I'm nervous as hell to have her on. And everybody's like, don't, everybody's like, don't, she's so chill. She's got an outgoing personality. Like I was hitting up people that knew you and I'm like, yo, what, what, what should I ask? Like, I don't want this chick to be like, you know, mean to me and everything. And I'm like, I'm hitting up Danny and I'm asking Danny, I'm like, Danny, what, like, Come on, dude. Like, what, what, what should I ask her? Like, I don't want to be like, you know, this guy that puts her like an uncomfortable situation asking about something that she doesn't want to talk about. And, you know, it's just, I had all these emotions. Going what did Danny my head. say about me? What no, he, he, about, he Danny say? was cool. He was just like, no, he was just like, definitely like mentioned about her experience in Japan, you know, because it, it's cool to, you know, have been able to say that you wrestled in Japan, you know, like it used to be something that not everybody got the opportunity to do. And yeah. <laughs> you hear a lot, you hear a lot of interviews or you read a lot of interviews with people and they're all saying like, like, what is something you want to do? And they're like, I would love to just wrestle in Japan, you know, just to be, it's like, it's like, it'd be like back in the day when you're saying like, you know, I wish I could go to an ECW show. You know what I mean? Like you just, it's it's something that's like, a, it's like a, it's like, like a rite of passage. Yeah. It's like a rite of passage yeah. to uh, say that you wrestled in Japan. So he was just like. No, he's like, she's cool. Just, you know, like I would mention about her working in Japan and, you know, how she got that opportunity. And, uh, yeah, Danny's a straight shooter. He's not going to tell me something. That, sure you know, is. You know, <laughs> he's a great follow on Instagram and, and Twitter yeah. and all that stuff, you know. So, but again, it's been really <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else you want the fans to know before we allow you to get on with the rest of your day? Um, just a little PSA, keep masking up, social distance when you can, let's kick COVID's butt, because this is ridiculous. Yes, yes. <laughs> I want to, I want to go to some Phillies games, and I, you know, I'm tired of, oh, yeah. I'm tired of being cooped up in the house, so, you know, eh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta start branching out, but we gotta be smart, you know, and everybody that's exactly. going to WrestleMania this weekend, please be safe. I know it's Florida, you know, I'm, and no, no, no shade or hate towards anybody that's from Florida, but let's be honest, you are Florida, you know, like, we know how you guys can get there. Oh, wrong. Florida. You know? Yes, Florida man. You have to look out <laughs> for the Florida man. <laughs> exactly. So we appreciate it again, and uh, we hope to hear from you again soon. we got to do this again. I would love to have you come back on, and uh, hopefully sure. once we start opening up and, you know, we have shows again, like I definitely got to get out and see you wrestle live in person because I feel like, I feel like I'm doing a discredit to you because I'm like, I had you come <laughs> on the show, and I've never seen you wrestle live in person. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff on YouTube and TV and all that, and I, I just feel like, you know, as a Philly gal, I need to go out and support my own and uh, see you wrestle in person. Yeah, man. <laughs> Come well, on down. I'd love to see you. <laughs> awesome. Well, you have a great rest of your day, and we can't wait to hear from more yeah, from you. Yeah, you too. Bye. This is Gabby Ortiz, and you are listening to Mixed Master B on MMB Radio.